0: I can think of at least a few hundred reasons why I'm very uh, blessed uh, this morning, and that is to uh, have uh, all of you here. Uh, One big reason that we are uh, praising God this morning is that we get to show up in this place from wherever we've been, uh, and we get to come and we get to uh, praise God. We get to hear from Him, learn from Him. Uh, We're going to go into a time of teaching in a moment, and we'll tell you what RECT is a little bit more about. Um, But. uh, Uh, You know, I'm reminded every time we get to this point, year after year, I've been in uh, Davis for 16 years now, churches uh, going on 15 years old, um, and year after year, this time, see, we show up here, and one of the reasons I get so uh, incredibly excited Is because uh, 16 years ago, I was in that place where I moved from 3,000 miles away and showed up here for graduate school. I didn't know anybody in California, let alone Davis. And uh, it took a little while to get relationships going, but I ended up uh, in this place, uh, this church called Discovery. Uh, and ended up growing up in my faith here. Um, And uh, one of the things that I look back over these years um, is just how God has worked. I get so excited because uh, when you show up here, uh, you have no idea what God wants to do in your life. Uh, You have no idea what he's going to do over the next months, over the next years. Uh, But this I know, uh, that our God uh, loves you and our God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And no matter what reason you showed up here in this town, uh, God has a greater purpose. God has a greater reason for you to be here. Now, I'll be honest with you. If I were to look back over these 16 years, um, uh, there's been a lot of different things that have gone on. Um, but uh, yeah, if you ever hear that phrase kind of, you know, as I look back, I wouldn't change a thing. Um, the reality is I think as I look back, I would change a few things. Uh, in, in my life would have liked to see some things differently, uh, but you want to know what whether it is in joys or challenges, what I do know is that God has shaped me through it, and, and He wants to shape you whatever is to come, uh, no matter what you showed up here with today um, we 're going to be talking for the next eight weeks uh, about a man named Paul who uh, was on a journey, a journey that was filled. It's an incredible journey. You're going to want to uh, read about this in Acts 27, 28. We're going to talk about it. I hope you'll be here because it is such an incredible uh, journey uh, as this man follows Christ and does his work here on this earth. But well, you want to know what it is not just a journey of smiles and ha-has. Uh, it is a journey of peril, such incredible uh, peril, life-threatening uh, peril. Uh, But yet we see this man's perseverance and we see what guides it all is the hope that is beyond any earthly peril. And and this is a journey that we're talking about, a journey of peril, a journey of perseverance, and a journey of hope as we keep our eyes focused on Jesus. And you want to know what? In this journey, that man, too, was shaped by God. But more than just a man, just more than one story story, it is about God shaping the world through his plans and his purpose and how he uses us as part of it. Uh, so we are going to get into this series that we've called uh, Wrecked uh, because uh, actually it comes from Paul actually gets shipwrecked in this journey. So that's what it comes from. But uh, what we're going to be doing, uh, in fact, if you want to open up your Bibles, uh, we're going to be in Acts 1 today. We'll start there. Uh, Open up your Bibles if you have Acts 1. If you need a Bible, we really want everybody to have a Bible. We have one of these Bibles for you. Just put up your hand. One of our servers will bring you one. You can keep it. You can take it home. Uh, Or, of course, you can turn on that app or turn on your device to whatever Bible you use there. In this series, what you can expect are eight uh, messages. So the next uh, seven Sundays after this one, we're going to be having a sermon that's leading us through uh, the verses of Acts 27 and 28. Uh, And then, uh, during the week, we have our discovery groups, which you already heard about, uh, which are kind of the opportunity for you to uh, get with a small group of people, men and women, cross-generational communities, to discuss uh, what this means to learn from each other. You know, on Sunday morning, we'll be doing a lot of this, uh, me kind of talking at you while you listen, but that's not what uh, growth uh, in our walk with Christ is about. It's about uh, being together, and we'll hear some stuff on Sunday morning, you're going to be like... I have questions about that we know you do and and so discovery groups uh, are part of being able to ask those questions it's also the place where if you're looking for relationships you can begin to form those relationships take some next steps in your faith so I hope that you will look on the app I hope that you will look at the table meet some of our leaders uh, and get connected in discovery group uh, or at least find some other friends Uh, that you can discuss through this and get the most out of it. We also have a daily reading plan, um, which you should, uh, maybe you got a bookmark on the way in or you can find it on the table on the way out that has the whole reading plan. You can also use it right on your phone. Uh, As Tom was talking about, I was just picturing him waking up in the morning and looking at his phone first thing in the morning. Uh, You can get your Bible on your phone, get your reading plan there. And we're going to have a bunch of other resources to help you get the most out of uh, your uh, Bible study, the most out of this time. This is why we say we're all in, because we want to focus on what God wants to say during this time. I've been studying for this series for the past three months and something happened this week where it went from my head into my heart and I just, I get so excited because I I believe God wants to do something beyond what we may think or what we may plan or beyond just kind of a little bit of reading and seek deep deep into our hearts and our lives in a way that we will never be the same. So uh, during this, you can look online for those resources, get the most out of it. Your app has all that stuff too. Well, One neat thing that I want to point out to you on the app, I know we've been talking a lot about it. you know, It's not about the app, it's about equipping you uh, in a way that most of us uh, use anyway. If you go on the app, if you you scroll down, there's actually a place where you can take notes uh, right on your device, save the PDF. That's something that's brand new that we hope is helpful for you. If you're kind of like, I don't want to take notes, I just want to, that's okay. Okay. Uh, This isn't a class where you have to take notes. This is about God touching our hearts, okay? And so um, we're going to get wrecked. It's a good thing. (laughs) And uh, So let me pray for us, and then we'll continue. Lord God, um, I'm excited that we're here. I can't help but think of the the heart of our Heavenly Father and, and how you are excited that we're here. That you have taken us from literally all different parts of the globe, uh, all different parts of the country, all different parts of the state, all different ages, all different stages, all different seasons that you've brought us here for this season. God, God, I pray you be with us this morning. I pray that just that you would capture our hearts this morning. Uh, In any of the words that are are spoken, God, I pray that you would guide them. I pray that I would be a spirit-empowered speaker of your word, Um, but I also pray that all of us would be spirit-empowered hearers of your word this morning that you may do the work within us that you desire. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to start right at the beginning of Acts, Acts chapter 1. The way the story goes, the book of Acts picks up after uh, the Gospels, the four Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then comes Acts. And and Acts talks about kind of the ongoing work of Christ's followers. Um, And so Jesus has just Uh, died on the cross. He's risen from the dead. We actually believe that, that Jesus was a historical person that historically died, was crucified, and then rose from the dead confirming everything that he ever said, everything that he ever did. And so we uh, believe in him. People don't just rise from the dead. Jesus did. So we believe in what he said. Uh, He came to those followers. And before he ascended back into heaven, um, he came and he talked to them and the disciples had questions his followers and they asked him questions like hey is now the kingdom time or now Are now we going to get everything you talked about and jesus said uh, it's not for you to know the time but this you can know that you will be my witnesses when the holy spirit is sent and comes upon you and empowers you to be my witnesses in jerusalem in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And then Jesus, right before their eyes, it says, ascended into heaven. And the disciples said, well, what do we do now? And so they waited a little bit for the Holy Spirit to come. And as Jesus said in Acts chapter 2, we read that the Holy Spirit came and empowered these guys, these men and those women that had been cowarding to go and to do Christ's work. And actually, what we see in the book of Acts, if you were here last week, uh, we went over this, but we're going to go over it again today, because really, what Jesus says in Acts 1 is the plan for what we still are part of today. In Acts 1 verse 8, Jesus said, You'll be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit empowers you uh, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the world. Now, Jesus... All that stuff happened kind of in Israel, right? We know where that is. So if we look at where Jesus began his ministry, it was just a little tiny dot on the map in Israel. And that is where the first followers began their ministry in Jerusalem. But a persecution actually came and drove them outward and drove them to the greater region of Judea and Samaria. It'd be like going from Davis, the city, to uh, the surrounding state and region. And, And... Then it didn't stop from there. It continued to go. And what we're going to read about in Paul is that uh, Paul ended up taking the gospel, the good news of Jesus, uh, to what was the ends of the world by uh, by the end of Acts 28. And that's what his journey was all about, taking it to Rome, the big city of Rome, where it could go from there. It didn't end there, of course, right? Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492. He didn't bring the gospel, but other people did. The pilgrims came in 1620, landed on Plymouth Rock, and uh, they brought uh, some of the gospel. But from there, uh, it continued to spread throughout our country to the place where we are today, in Davis. And here's what we need to understand about all this, is that the story of Acts is not just say hey, that was those people then. It is us now. It is about God's plan in our lives And if we can better understand what is going on in this book of the Bible, we see God's big picture plan, his big picture purposes, and you can know that just like a man named Paul, you are also part of it here and now. But sometimes we struggle to understand our Bible, and so it seems like, okay, Acts 27, 28, that's just a nice story that comes out of the blue. That's good for Paul, but what does it mean for us? Well, here's what we want you to know here at Discovery and how we want you to grow. We want you to know how to study your Bible. So one of the ways that we do that is by looking at what's going on in Acts. And here's what we find. If you were to look at an outline of the book of Acts, that statement that Jesus made in Acts 1 verse 8 is the big picture statement. God's plan and God's strategy to take the good news everywhere throughout generations. And so we see it beginning to unfold. First, we see in Acts 1 through Acts 8 that there are witnesses in Jerusalem where Jesus said, now his followers got kind of comfortable there in Jerusalem. And so God, I guess, said we got to get them out of there. Persecution was a great way to drive them out of Jerusalem to the surrounding areas. And we read in Acts 8 um, that the gospel goes, to Judea, Samaria, the surrounding. But it wasn't over then, right? We then see the witness to the ends of the world, which is much by this man named Paul. And by the end of Acts chapter 28, we see Jesus' plan that has gone from where it began, just as he said. But even though back then Rome was the ends of the world, we know now it wasn't the end. And here's what we need to know, that beyond Acts, Acts is not the end of the story. We are part of that story today, here and now. The good news going out, us being witnesses for Christ, empowered by his Holy Spirit. This is the story that we're a part of. Acts 27, 28 is... um, a lot about the journey of Paul. We're going to be talking about him a lot. So, who was this guy, Paul? Um, if you want to flip over in your Bible to Acts chapter 9, um, we'll read a little bit about Paul. Acts 9, verse 1, this is what it says But Saul, that was Paul's first name, was still breathing out threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. And he went to the high priest, who was the great religious leader of the Jews, and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that he might find any belonging to the way of Jesus, men or women, that he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, if this is the first time you've heard that, you're like, that doesn't sound very Christian, Um, you'd be right. Before Paul was Paul, he was Saul, and he was the great persecutor of the church, and he actually oversaw the first death of a christian martyr named stephen and he was about he was so zealous as a hebrew of hebrews a jewish man and jewish leader that he wanted to eradicate this movement of jesus and so he was on his way to a place to damascus to arrest men and women and take them back to jerusalem it says, now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him and falling to the ground. He heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Paul said, who are you, Lord? The voice said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Uh-oh. Jesus, the risen Lord and Savior, shows up to Paul, knocks him off of his donkey blinds him so he cannot see and this is the beginning of a radical change a radical reorientation of Saul's life he gets taken care of a little bit and then God speaks to another uh, man one of the followers of Christ in a different region you know God does this he does things in one area of the earth and he does um, in another area and then he brings them together using people in each other's lives and so he speaks to a man named Ananias, and he says, go, uh, minister to this guy Saul. Ananias says in verse 13, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem, and here he has the authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. Ananias got a question in God. Uh, I don't want to go there. This is a bad, bad man. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine, to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. If you have any questions about God's grace, you need to look no further than this man Saul, who was the worst of the worst. He would later call himself uh, the worst of all sinners because he felt that way because he had been trying to eradicate eradicate the name of Christ. And God reaches down in his grace and not only saves him, but redeems him and makes him the huge part of the plan that Jesus had set forth. Now there's some exciting news here that Ananias brings, and he says uh, that Paul would be a chosen instrument of God. We love hearing that. We celebrate that. We are chosen instruments of God. That sounds amazing. That's what we want to be used by God in his grace. But then there's verse 16, where God says, I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Here's what we need to understand. God does indeed have a great purpose and a great plan for our lives. But it is not always an easy road. And sometimes... Um, we just want to be clear up front at what Jesus said. If anyone wants to follow me, that he should take up his cross and follow me. Because we're going to have to lose a lot of ourselves. We're going to have to be broken down a lot so that we can be built back up in the hope that only comes from God. This is at the heart of being what Wrecked is about. Where when we have hope in ourselves, when we have hope in our intellect, when we have hope in uh, all of our possessions, when we have hope in our own plans and purposes, sometimes that hope needs to be broken down so that we can be built up in the only true hope that there is. Nothing in these circumstances, but only what God has for us. Because sometimes when all hope is lost, it's when true hope is found. So God is in a process of of breaking us down. Paul ended up going beyond this spot. You can read more about this in Acts if you want to. In fact, if you're doing that reading plan, you'll read through the whole book uh, of Acts during this study. And you'll, you'll read about Paul's journeys. He went on three missionary journeys taking the gospel uh, eventually to uh, the end of the Mediterranean region. He planted churches there, shared the gospel, people that came to know Jesus, not just Jews, but Gentiles, people who had no part of the plans of God up until that point. That's the good news of Jesus. that No matter how far we feel, God still has grace and mercy for us. And so uh, Paul planted these churches and then he went from place to place and he would write letters back to those churches and that's where a lot of our New Testament books of the Bible come from. But along the way, Paul writes about what he experienced. Remember, the Lord was going to show him how much he must suffer for his name. And and he writes in 2 Corinthians that five times he received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times he was beaten with rods. Once he was stoned. Three times he was shipwrecked. A night and a day he was adrift at sea. He was on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure." That's not what we came to church for today. And the last thing I want to do is discourage anybody from coming back. But we want to be real up front that the point is that God offers us something that's beyond any feelings, beyond any things in this world, and that we want to know him deeply. That's so what Paul ended up writing in another letter that he wrote to the Philippians. He said, I've learned the secret of being content in any and all situations, whether I am hungry and have much want or whether I'm full and have all that I need. And he says the secret is this, that I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I don't know what you showed up here with this morning and maybe you're feeling in that place where, hey, I'm scrambling, uh, trying to find something to make me content. Or I'm trying one last thing to try. It's not in a place. It's not in a people. It is in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The only answer to our contentment, the only answer to our aching need, and maybe you feel pretty good right now, starting a new journey, starting a new marriage, loving being a mom or dad, starting a new job, having more money than you've ever had before. But if there's something that we learn from the Bible, something that we learn from Paul's journey, is that we will face things in this life that will have a way of wrecking us. And if our hope is on anything but Christ, it is passing away sooner or later. That may be this week, that may be this month, this year, or maybe it's one day on our deathbed that we realize that whatever kingdom that we've built It's now passing away and either we have an eternal future or we don't now as we face the perils on this journey and we persevere through them we need to know that the hope of eternity the hope of God who loves us the hope of a a God who takes us through all of our circumstances and leads us and guides us that is the hope that not only helps us to survive but helps us to thrive in these times of struggle And if there's one thing that I want us to take away from today, this is the big point that I would give us, and it is this. Paul was grounded long before he was wrecked. Paul was grounded in who his God was and his faithfulness. Paul was grounded in the person of Jesus Christ who showed up to him on that road in Damascus and knocked him off his horse. He was grounded in the midst of all of those circumstances that he faced in his beatings as he lay dead. He was grounded because he had that faith and he had that contentment and he knew Jesus Christ. So that when the day of wrecking came, he was able, we'll see, to have an incredible perspective, incredible attitude, going through it and to not only get through it himself but actually lead over 200 men on that ship to see God's faithfulness an island of natives that they show up on on the island of Malta that he is able to share the gospel with them remember he was going to Rome that was his main point but God used them at a lot of ways along the way Paul was grounded long before he was wrecked you know, he had his first shipwreck. Uh, he had his second shipwreck, and now we're going to read about his third shipwreck. I don't know what the first one or the second one. He didn't write about them. Maybe it was hard along the way, but God was shaping him. You know, I have um, three ship, shipwrecks of uh, our own. For We, uh, we call them pregnancies. Um, we actually have four kids, but the last ones were twins. And... Uh, I tell you, for those of your parents of your first child that you remember, I mean that was a shipwreck, right? I mean, those are some moments where you know, just trying to figure this thing out. You won't come home, and it's like I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I know they're not taking it back. And you learn all kinds of things along that journey, right? I mean, I learned that you know, when you change a diaper, make sure you cover up. I, I learned don't hold up a, a baby above your head and and shake them after eating. Okay. We learned all these things and the second time didn't make the same mistakes again. The second birth of my son he was was only born once, but it was the second birth of our children, (laughs) just to be clear. Um it was very problematic. He was born three and a half weeks early. We went through incredible kind of struggle. He was in the NICU for a couple weeks, and it was very, very hard, very different for us. Um, But it prepared us when we were about to have twins, when they came along. We were prepared for anything. In fact, we were super surprised when 20 minutes after they were delivered, we're alone in our room with them, and 24 hours later, they're sending us home. And we're like, no, it's not supposed to be that way. You know, we're supposed to stay in the hospital for four days and and have this help. But uh, you want to know what? Uh, Having twins, that went so easy and straightforward and calm uh, parents are giggling. My wife would tell a different story. Didn't? Uh, it wasn't all easy. This life doesn't get easy in our circumstances, but along the way, we learn some things. And this process of growing in Christ is one where we are shaped continually. You're going through some stuff right now that, that is going to continue to grow you and prepare you for what's next. Uh, I love in this church, we have uh, cross generations. We have a lot of, that are younger and when I showed up here, I was a lot younger. I showed up here 21 years old. I'm now 38 years old. And I have learned some things along the way. Learned some things being grounded like Paul was. There was a moment in Paul's journey in Acts 27 where in the middle of a storm at sea, about to be shipwrecked, he's able to look around. To the people around them who are scrambling. They're scrambling for lifeboats. They're scrambling to hold on to anything. They're cutting the bait and getting on their way. And he says, I urge you, take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, Do not be afraid. He said, Paul, you must stand before Caesar, and behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. And so Paul looks at the people around and says, so take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. Now today, wherever you are, I would look at you and say, take heart, because as God has said it will be, it will be. It doesn't matter what our culture looks like. It doesn't matter what our world looks like. If you want to hear kind of the only political statement I'll make is that uh, this uh, must be a time when God is saying, if you think that politics is your answer, have at it. Because God wants us to know and he wants to strip away everything but our dependence on him alone. Because he is the only one that will see us through. So take heart, men and women. Have faith in God. What's He going to tell us? What's He going to show us? Paul's situation seems extreme, but we will also be on a journey. He is giving you a calling. He is giving you a purpose. He is giving a plan in your life. And He will see you through. We don't have a God who calls and then leaves you and forsakes you. No, He walks with you. So on this day, I just want to encourage us as we start this journey, whatever journey you're on, wherever you are in your life, that the journey will be perilous. That we will face perils, but God will lead us through. Now as I've been here, part of this church, I could share with you story after story of, of people that have grown up in Christ and are doing incredible things, but I could also share with you stories after stories of those who walked away. I guess there's stories after stories of marriages that have broken apart like a shipwreck. Of people who have lost their faith, who people were passionate about the gospel one day and the next year something took them away. As we get started here, I want to just give us three encouragements to keep us on the journey. Understanding this. And not only I say this to college students a lot, that uh, the next four years, you're going to make decisions that change the trajectory of your life. But for all of us, I'll say this, today we may make a decision that changes the trajectory of your life. As we look at how God wants to encourage us, Acts 23, verse 11. Paul hangs on to this. I can't help but think that this encourages him throughout his journey. And this is what it says. It says that as Paul was facing trial around him, that the Lord stood by him and said, Take courage, for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, you must testify in Rome. See what God does there? He shows up in the midst and he says, uh, take heart because I have a different plan and a purpose for you. You are not going to die here in Jerusalem. You are not going to uh, be thrown in jail and forgotten about. I have a plan and a purpose for your life. And so rest assured, take heart, take courage because I will see you through. And so no matter what would come along the way, that as Paul faces storms around him, shipwreck after shipwreck, He's able to look around and say, hey, take heart because God has already told him, take courage. I have a plan and a purpose for you. And so what are these three encouragements that I'll give you? Number one, the number one encouragement is the presence of God. In that verse, it says that the Lord showed up and stood by him. My friends, we have a God who shows up and stands by us that he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you my wife was in Haiti this past week and so I was home with the uh, three kids because one of them went to Haiti as well too and there were times when I I thought my wife my wife why have you abandoned me (laughs) actually it was a good week but um, people will leave us For short times or forever people will abandon us there's one who will never leave us nor forsake us and that is God he loves us so much not only did he send his son to the cross to die for our sins but he sent his holy spirit to reside not only with us but inside us And wherever you go, you don't have to come to church to be in the presence of the Lord. We hope that every Sunday you come, that this is an incredible time that you spend with God, that you are refreshed in His presence, that you praise Him in His presence, that you overflow in His presence, and you are refreshed from a week that wipes you out. But you don't have to be here to be in the presence of the Lord. The Holy Spirit goes with you wherever you go. Be encouraged. That the Lord comes and He stands with you no matter what you face, no matter what you go through. Are you aware of His presence? Sometimes I wonder even when we show up to church, are we aware of His presence here with us? Be aware of His presence this week. Look for God. Know that His Spirit is there with you, counseling you, guiding you, comforting you wherever you go. It says that the Lord showed up and stood by Him. And then he said, take courage. The second thing that you have is the word from the Lord. Not only do you have the presence of the Lord, but you have his word that he has given you. Now, I don't know, maybe you're brand new to all this. They say, I don't know that I've, I've heard much from God. I don't know that I, I had an angel stand, come stand by me. But this is uh, what you know, that God will speak into your life. If you open your heart and you say, God, speak to me, I mean, think about the things that we do, how desperate we'd be if we could just hear something from uh, whatever field we're in. Sometimes you say, if I could just hear an encouragement from my mom or dad, if I could just hear an encouragement, uh, if I could just get some insight from this expert in the field, if I could just get a few moments with hey, this person that I greatly respect, that they could mentor me. Do we realize As we say those things, that God himself, the God of the universe, who has laid all things out, whose plan is perfect, gives you his word. And sometimes he will very specifically give us a calling or a word by his spirit. But he's always given us his word in the scriptures. He's preserved this for us, this this book, of ancient writings is so much more than that. It is God and His grace who wants to guide you through. For many of us, this is just collecting dust somewhere or a quick thing that we look at on the phone. For some of us, it may just be so daunting and difficult to to look at and that's why we want to take some steps to have that equipping workshop to give you an outline to say, hey, as you read through, you can understand god's word for your life you don't need pastor to tell you what you need to know god by his spirit wants to lead you through so this is a season whether you know the bible but you haven't been in get back in it whether you don't know now is the time to learn we've got the resources for you get with the group discuss and know this you can go to a discovery group most heartbreaking thing perhaps um, that i heard one time is somebody say um Everybody at Discovery Group seems like they know the Bible and I just don't feel like I belong there. You know that Discovery Group is a place that you can go to learn about about the Bible. And our leaders need to know that that is a place where you can go and ask your questions. There is no dumb question. There is no I don't know enough. That's where we go and we learn together and we grow. And not only is it about learning from others but God by his spirit wants to guide you through and give you his word for your life. And the final encouragement I'll give you is the people of God. Now, you don't see this first and right away in the story of the shipwreck, Uh, but you need to know that God called Ananias to go visit Paul way back when he was blind and broken on his bed. And God will use somebody in your life in the same way. He's calling them right now, people in this church right now that God is uh, talking to and saying, you need to be one who goes and is there for the new believer that doesn't know how to walk this path. This is what we do in the church. We make those connections. God uses people together. Paul, after Ananias, he had a, a guy named Barnabas, which is name an encourager, and he was that encourager that helped him to, to grow. And all along the journey, sometimes they were different people. People came and went, but there was always people. Even on the ship, we'll look and we'll see that there were people that Paul walked alongside of. You need people in your life. You need the people of God in your life. And you may have showed up here by yourself. Don't leave here by yourself. Maybe schedule is so busy, discovery group doesn't work right now. I'd encourage you to realize what is most important and that you need people in your life. And if you don't build those relationships now, when the day of wrecking comes, you'll look around and you say, I don't have anybody that I can turn to. College students connect in those fellowships. There's incredible fellowships that will be available at the Connection Point today too to be able to help you connect on campus. I want to encourage you with God's presence, with God's word, with the people of God. Part is because before I showed up in Davis um, 16 years ago, 20 years ago, I showed up to college myself. I was a church kid. I grew up there. I, I... was always around the church, always had people in my life. I remember two weeks before going to college, I went to a small secular college uh, in New York. Um, I remember two weeks before I was at Bible camp, something that church kids do. I was at Bible camp, and I remember sitting around with with a group of people and saying, guys, pray for me. I don't know what I'm gonna find when I go to college. Two weeks later, alone in a secular world, not grounded in my faith, but living out my parents' faith, I got wrecked. There were a lot of things that I regret. A lot of things that I wish I didn't have to endure. Put my Bible on my shelf. Lived my own life. And it's only by God's grace that he got a hold of me in the midst of the muck and the mire. And he set my feet upon a rock. And he has brought me here, I believe, today to tell you that today is a decision in your life that will impact the trajectory of the rest of your life. Don't be there alone. Don't put your Bible on the shelf. Don't ignore the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life because God wants to lead you on a journey that may be filled with peril, but will be incredibly incredible, and he will lead you to be part of his great plan. Now, wherever you are today, maybe you are thriving in your faith. Keep thriving, keep showing up. Let God use you in the lives of others. Maybe you show up here and you're stagnant and you need something new in your life. You've been part of this church for a while, but you just need something new. I pray that this series will be a time where God does something new and fresh in your life. Maybe you're a college student that showed up here, you already feel alone. Or maybe you showed up with a group of people. Today, make some decisions. That changed the trajectory of your life. Maybe you've never taken steps of faith before. You ended up in a church not knowing what to expect. You've never taken a step to trust Jesus. The decision that you make today may be to follow Him, He will lead you through. The decision you make today may literally save your life. So let's go before God. God, I'm so thankful that you have each and every person here. I'm so thankful that your spirit guides our Sunday morning. And that while it is impossible that I could know the story that led each person to be here, or impossible to know their story moving forward, you are the God who knows. You are the God who sees. You are the God who hears. And you have guided each and every path to today. God, I don't believe that there's any accident that you have brought us together this morning, that that you have caused our stories to collide together for this season. So God, I pray that you would come and do the work that only you can do. God, help us to see you. Jesus, we want to see you clearly. We want to hear your call. We want to experience your presence. God, we want to make some decisions to follow after you. I pray that if, if you are somebody who has been following Jesus, make that decision to be used by him. He didn't just knock you off of your horse so that you could one day be in eternity. He wants to use you as part of this plan and this purpose. And now is the time. Life is not going to get any easier. The future is not looking any brighter aside from the hope that we have in Christ. And when we see that, that is all the purpose that we need. And he wants to guide us through. If you showed up here today and you're feeling kind of wrecked already, I pray that you would see that God is faithful, that he sees and he hears and he knows that you can cry out to him. Now while circumstances may still spin around sometimes that he will ground you, he will set you on solid ground that comes in Christ alone. See him more clearly today. College students, young people, so thankful. God is so thankful that you are here. There's lots of other things that you could be doing. There's lots of other ways that you could be getting wrecked. You're here keep seeking. If you're alone today, you don't have to be alone anymore. There's a God who will never leave you nor forsake you. He's calling your name. Turn to him. Turn to him. Jesus, we give you our lives. We give you this journey. I pray that you would lead us and guide us not just on Sundays, but every day of our lives, every day of the journey. I pray for your presence to fall upon us. I pray for your word to be open to us. I pray that as a community of people, we would have one plan, one purpose, that we would be called by only one name, and that's the name of Jesus. It's for your name. It's in your name we pray. Amen.